why don't we teach on the book of Revelation in the church, like in the liturgical cycle of the church? Because its, it's mystical nature is like, that's really where the money's at, you know? Is that the book of Revelation transforms us as, as persons and make, makes us have a longing for the kingdom of heaven. So, I guess I'm hoping for all of us, for myself foremost, but for all of us, that this will kind of be our journey, like our, our journey together. I encourage you to ask like all your questions as we go. And that's why we're like, really trying to foster this kind of very f familiar sort of environment, you know, like sit, sit in a circle and stuff. So we can kind of ask our questions and discuss and stuff like that. So it's a like, brief intro on, um, on the book. Um, it was written, where was it written? It was written in Patmos, uh, which is a small island off of what is currently now Turkey. Uh, previously was was uh, Asia Minor or Greece where St. John was exiled to after his exile to Patmos when he got uh, much older maybe in 95-96 AD is when it was written um, and um, after that um, the last few years he died when he, I think he was 105 the last few years of his life he uh, went to Ephesus and he lived there and he was really old he was very very old and they would like have to carry him from one place to another and so on. Um, so some scholars, one scholar seems to think that he, he wrote it when he was in Ephesus, not when he was in Patmos, but he saw the revelation when he was in Patmos. Anyways, it's just a little bit of the, the history, the geography and so on like that. Um, all of the major commentators attribute, uh, attribute the book of Revelation to... Um, so, like, let let's let our prayer, like, throughout this time, be that the Lord would reveal to us, like, would open our eyes and the eyes of our hearts, but open our eyes to to see Him, to know Him more fully, um, as is the title of the book, you know, Revelation. Chronologically, this is the last book written in the Bible, or there was like books written after. Um, I, I don't can't remember when the Gospel of John was written, but the Gospel of John was also written very late. Yeah, the Pauline epistles were all written before, before Saint Paul died, <laughs> so uh, uh, before sixty six A D. Saint Peter's epistles, the same thing. Saint James' epistle. I mean, Saint John was the one who lived the longest. I'm not sure. Maybe the Gospel. Maybe Saint John wrote his Gospel before or after. I remember somebody telling me that he wrote it. When he went back to Ephesus, but I don't remember who or where, so I wouldn't... The reference, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And you'll find enormous similarities between the book of Revelation and the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is often people's favorite book of the Bible. If you ask somebody, what's your favorite book of the Bible? A lot of people will say the Gospel of John. Because it really reveals Jesus' character, uh, his, human, his human personality... But and also his his and also his his divinity, you know. So people oftentimes really really love the Gospel of John. So may God give us to love the Gospel of John and the Book of Revelation together, right? So why don't we read it together? Uh, the first chapter is only twenty verses. 
Um, maybe we can each read two verses. This is on the screen. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to get us started, in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. We can each read two verses, and that way we all share. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. And has made us kings and priests. To his God and Father, to whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the cloud. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribe of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, say the Lord God, who is, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. And his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had his in right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun, shining in its strength. Mm. Seventeen. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forever, forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you, had see, which you have seen, and the things which, you are, which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which he saw in my right hand, the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the heaven, of, uh, of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches.
makes me want to read more. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll encourage everybody to just look over the text again um, and see if there are just any words or references or names or something that you don't understand. Like, because when we ignore things that we don't understand, uh, they make us feel like, oh, I don't, I don't understand this. You know what I mean? So you can ask your questions. I won't necessarily know all the answers, but whatever we don't know, we'll look, up, look it up collectively and make a homework list and we'll come back and share it next week. When he says as white as snow, there is no snow in that region. Um, Where does this analogy come from? Maybe, maybe on the mountains. On the mountain yeah, tops there maybe is. Maybe on the mountains they have snow. Patmos itself has snow on the mountaintops. Um, and also in Greece. Like. Yeah, the, the, the mountains in Greece, they get, they get snow on the mountains. Even Athens gets snow. Um, uh, but like, uh, but you're right. Like, I mean, like um, in the Psalms, David many times refers as snow, yeah. you know. Um, and like in Palestine, like where would he have seen snow, you know? Um, I guess the Golan Heights, I guess sort of in no, many, no. many places there are mountains that could, that have snow. They actually, they actually have skiing in the Golan Heights almost the year round. I don't know Golan Heights, but like the, 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 the mountain range that's, um, but it's a really good question. I can't think of anything other than the snow-capped mountains. How come he's addressing it to the seven churches? Yeah, I was going to ask that question. And why are they in Asia? That's a great question. You're going to find the number seven is going to come up a bazillion times. So we're going to do a lot of like, uh, like we're going to do a lot of explaining like numerical uh, like uh, symbolism, right? Um, so the, the number seven is often thought of like as the, the one that represents eternity, which is true, but also represents completeness. So it's uh, oftentimes when we ask that, why was this written to the seven churches? The fact that it was written to the seven churches means that we are in spiritual interpretation of that is it's written to all the church, you know? So when we get to the next two chapters, like the next time we meet, we'll, we'll, we'll read the chapters 2 and 3 together, right, um, and discuss them, we'll find that this is written to all the churches. Or another way of understanding it is, is this is written to every believer. So uh, sometimes I think to myself, I read chapters 2 and 3, and I'm like, oh, which church am I? Because then the next part is the letters to the church. So, right, it's a letter to each church, and to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right, and the angel of the church of Thyatira, right, and the angel of the church of Pergamos, right, and so on. But I ask this, oh, which church am I? The reality is, is that there's probably a little bit of all of them in me, you know. So, um, but why are they all in Asia Minor? Why not, like, the, 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 the five main churches of, of early Christendom were, uh, were uh, Alexandria, Jerusalem, Rome, Chalcedon, and uh, uh, Constantinople, sorry, and uh, Antioch, Antioch of Syria. So, why... Why wasn't it to those five churches? You know, those are the five churches that had most of the leadership, uh, uh, you know, in, in early Christendom. 
um, most of those had started to become centers of Christianity by the time St. John was writing this. Why these seven churches? I don't know. We can we can look up we can uh, look look up uh, some other sources. I mean, you can look at Abuna Tadros's book, but I don't remember seeing it there. Um, but we can look up some other sources to, to try to answer that question. But but the, the the spiritual interpretation is that this is written to every believer and to all of to all Christianity, not just a, a select few. at that time and persecution and I think he was writing specifically like writing that the book for them like to strengthen their faith but yes I'm not sure. that's something I forgot in my little introduction at the beginning I like about the paradoxes of the book of Revelation another paradox is that we find that the book of Revelation sets us uh, at unease, worry, and concern, and fear. But originally, the book of Revelation was written as a as a word of encouragement, you know, as a word of victory, and it demonstrates Christ as as victorious in battle and victorious in tribulation. So it's written to those who are in tribulation to encourage them and to and to fill them with the joy of the victory that that is at hand that is just like it's just outside of arm's reach like it's just you know it's the next scene in the movie you know in relation to what you were saying sorry i forgot that in my introduction in verse 3 what does he mean by for that time is near yeah i have the same question also like is it like what must soon take place like i have a lot of people like uh, who ask me like even you know, when when Saint Paul or like Saint John like write, the kingdom of God is near. Or like the Jesus, kingdom of God, like I said, it is in different. Jesus's way. first preaching ever was what's yeah. the first thing he said when he came back from the temple. He was baptized. He went. John, to, yeah. He went and Saint John the and Saint John the Baptist. You know. Now, what's the first thing he said? The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Is is near, right? At hand means within arm's reach. Right. I just like when I when I like from like when I read the like the book of Revelation from and when I read like Monsoon take place so I like just my own mindset that wherever it comes like you know the beast and the wars and, and all that will must take place. But it doesn't come to my mind you know, the verse that Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you or within or at arm reach or you know. So I'm not sure what's like when some when I got asked this question or or even my mind might question it, like, so how should I, how should I answer? The other thing, yeah, it says, like, keep those things which are written for the time is near, or kind of 2,000 years later. Yeah. He says, yeah, he says, yeah, he says, don't, he says, don't seal the book, right? Like, don't write it and close it and seal it because, you know, you're going to need it soon, you know? Like, uh, sometimes I would call my mom and ask her for a recipe. She, so she'd dictate the recipe to me. If it was something I wasn't going to cook today, suppose we were like during fasting, uh, but uh, I'm going to cook it whatever next week, or into, then I take it and I put it with my other recipes in the spice cupboard next to my spices or wherever I put my recipe. But I'm going to cook it right now, then I leave the recipe on the counter because I'm going to use it now, right? 
So Jesus is saying, you're going to use this now. Don't seal up the book, right? So all of the questions that you're asking, they can be summarized in one word. When, right? When, right? Bro. And also I remember one of them is Jesus says to his disciples, surely I tell you like before you die, you're going to see this. I'm paraphrasing like before this generation or something. And I heard an explanation about it and I understood it then, but I forgot it now. But it's also one of the times where something said like it will happen before you die and like it happened, they went to heaven. And but, that, but it did happen because he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. There was something else. No, about the, the uh, this part about uh, when he was, uh, the transfiguration, like when he was transfigured with Moses and Elijah. There's that, and there's yes, also that when he's talking about Saint John the Apostle, when he says that that uh, at, the, at the very end of the Gospel of John. But at least this part can be, you know, interpreted that you know that they saw like a glimpse of the kingdom of God when like Jesus transformed and he was like with Moses and Elijah. And, but mm-hmm. I don't know what, what about this part. <laughs> um. So the question that arises is when. So the when of the book of Revelation, this is really, really important for us to to begin to understand and to begin to enjoy the book of Revelation. So to understand things, to start to be able to understand things yourself, like even without a commentary, just a little bit, to begin understanding. We, we need to put a couple of time points, like a couple of really important landmarks in the history of the cosmos in mind. So the history of the cosmos as we know it, like God has existed since forever. Like what's the earliest thing you could ever think of in, in, in all of existence? Well, the existence of God. So that's kind of like what precedes everything. God has existed. Okay, what's the next major, give me another major time point. God God creates the world as we know it. Okay, great. Give me another major time point. Adam and Eve. Sure. God creates humankind. Next up, big fish. Satan falls. Sure. The fall of the 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 so the fall the 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 fall of the angels when when you know we say a third of the angels fell. Generally, like it's not described in the book of Genesis, but generally it is the anyone who wants to give a scriptural timestamp to that generally attributes that to verse four, when it says, "And God saw light that it was good, and He divided the light from the darkness." Never says that God created darkness, but He separated the light from the darkness. It's generally thought that if there is, if we can put any timestamp on the fall of the angels, that 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 would be it. Okay, what other what other what other so you get the picture mm-hmm. so there are some like things that everything in scripture is important everything is relevant everything is everything is everything but i can't think of everything all at the same time i'll get confused so i need major landmark events okay so here are like the major landmark events and put these kind of in front of your eyes and then ask yourself everything you're reading when is it happening because the book of Revelation, similar to the Gospel of John, is not in chronological order. So this will help you to see what am I reading, and so and so what part of the light, like the history of of existence, is it relevant to? So 
there's the the fall, the coming of Christ, like his incarnation, the sec- and the second coming of Christ, like and judgment day and beyond, like et- eternity and beyond, right? So basically, to make it really simple, you could have like two timestamps that can give you three periods. Before the incarnation, between the incarnation and the second coming, and after the second coming. Hmm. Everybody comfortable with that? Any questions? On Tansu, you seem like... Yeah, I'm trying to... Right? Yeah. So now, like, today is what? February 17th, uh, 2017. So where are we in regards to those timestamps? No trick questions. Bet, bet, between one and two. two. Between one and two, right? When was the creation of the the world in Genesis chapter one? Yeah, like you know, like if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna divide, if you wanna, if you wanna divide a line in three parts, you only need to put like you need to you cut it twice, right? So in cutting it twice and putting two timestamps, you end up with three periods. Before the, before the incarnation, after the incarnation, but before the second coming, after the second coming. Sorry, the, the answer to question one was between two and three, not one and two, right? Sorry? I'm still on question one. Where are we now with between two and three? Yes. After the incarnation, sorry. I was just yeah, right. so in like time period two, if you want. So these, are, these are three infinite segments. No. Each, each one of them is infinite. In what sense? It's unlimited, like before one, before the one. Yes. The God existed since. Negative infinity. Since forever, negative infinity. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And then, between one and two, until the second coming, we don't know when the second coming is. So that's indeterminate. Yes. And then between two and eternity, that's another infinity. Yeah. So, so, so to so to Tansu's point, where like our timestamps are sort of our, our periods are from sort of like negative infinity, infinity. till 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 zero BCE, right? Yeah. Or or zero AD, yeah. right? And then from zero AD until the second coming, which is undeterminate, and then from undeterminate to positive infinity. Right. Okay. So we're all we're all agree about that. So we're all on the same page. I agree. And then negative infinity and positive infinity, according to mathematicians, are one point. Yes, right. I complete. Yes, yes. Yeah, you shared that with us before. I've shared that with a lot of people since. Yeah, they're one point. Yeah. So negative infinity and positive infinity are one point. One point. Yes. When I first heard this as an undergraduate, I blew my mind. Really? And then the more you think of it, it's the beginning and the end. They're one point. And, and what does Jesus and what does Jesus say in verse eight and verse eleven? I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am negative infinity. I am positive infinity. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. I am, I am one. Yeah. But I like it because, you know, in the liturgy, I think there's a part where it says we were need, the one in need of his servant, like his lordship, not him, in need of our servant. Yes. You know, like he didn't get anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. He is the unchangeable, right? 
But why can't we just like... Do you guys have goosebumps? I have goosebumps. <laughs> right? Yeah. Not that goosebumps mean anything, you know? But... You're giving us the time frame to tell us the timing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Sorry, I'm saying like... It also, it was described in other parts, like, I, I think, like, I'm not sure, like, um, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my mind is, people were eager, like, after Jesus, you know, he went to heaven and he, he ascended and they, they lived on earth, like, 40, like, you know, for 30 years with them, they were eager for his word and his, you know, his belief to second coming. So and he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, yeah, so they were eager for this place. And even St. Paul, like, he described it in different other epistles, I don't know exactly when, but it was a problem in the first church, the people stopped working. And they saw that Jesus is coming, you know, in, in a, like very short. First Thessalonians, yes. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's like, it was in, in their preaching and in their mind. Yes, that, and, and that Hebrews, Jesus is coming. what's the purpose of the book of Hebrews? Why did, why did St. Paul write the book of Hebrews? Because some people who were Hebrews, Jews, uh, specifically in Rome, but all over, everywhere in the world, began to say, well, it doesn't look like Jesus is coming again. Because like all the apostles are dying now, one after another, one after another. And uh, so let us return back to our religion. It seems like, like a lot of what, this, like Jesus was really the son of God. A lot of this was, but I don't know. Let us go back to our, so he's telling them, you can't go back, right? So, but you're right that in the, in the early church, there was a very predominant thought, belief, understanding, idea that that, that the second coming was imminent, right? And now, Tansu has said to us, that the second coming seems indeterminate, right? So, is it, is it imminent, or is it undeterminate, or is it what? So, 2,000 years give you some perspective. Huh? 2,000 years give you some perspective. But did it, did, did, um, did, are there, are there aspects of Christ's second coming that are happening that I've missed. It, it says it says clearly that when Jesus comes again in the fullness of His coming, all humanity will see it, all will know, all the tribes will mourn. You know, so there it's it's un, it's not ambiguous. It's un un unambiguous. You know, unequivocal. Sorry, is the word I was looking for. Plus, right? it describes it clearly in Revelation, and He's coming. But clouds and every eye will see him. And every eye will see him, precisely. So, if we look at, at Revelation chapter 1, what happened in Revelation chapter 1 in one sentence? Just no trick questions. St. John met Jesus. St. John's in a cave and he sees Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. When is this happening? According to our, to our periods that we establish. The second coming. Huh? Like it's describing the second coming. Well, before. But when is when when but when when is Saint John? Oh, Saint John is in in period two, right? Between the incarnation and the second coming. Okay. So keep doing that. Now, just for fun, flip to chapter four. Do you guys have like little titles in your Bible? Okay. Chapter four is a description of the throne room of heaven. So chapter 1 was the introduction, chapter 2 and 3 are the letters to the churches, right? After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which, uh, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come up here and I will show you things which, which must take place 
after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Okay, so St. John is now standing in the throne room seeing things that are going to happen after this. Which time period are we in? Period 3. Period 3. I think Let's go around. No, Let's go around and everybody say period 3. I have to think about it. That's okay, don't think. Just say what comes naturally to you. I can't. Where, where, where are we? No, where's St. John? Where's St. John? Where, where's chapter 4? Now, I told you the book of Revelation is not in chronological order. So, chapter 4, where, where is chapter 4 happening? Is it before the incarnation? Is it between the incarnation and the second coming? Or is it after the second coming? It's 2 and 3. And 6 after the second coming. After the second coming, Mina said after the second coming, you're saying? 2 and 3. 2 and starts 3. starts in 2, and then come out straight things to come, he takes into 3. Okay. I think it's sure. in area 2. In period two, between the incarnation and the second coming, David, what do you think? Just say uh, say what you think naturally. We already have all three numbers. So. <laughs> yeah. Say four. I think it's still two. Still two. I think it's a, a like a vision. I don't like. I'm but not, where is the vision happening? I'm confused. Like he's still in in, in that. But like, what's the vision of? Is it? Oh, where, where, like, it's in, which, in the future, what time So you're, you're, you're sitting, okay, you, you, you go to bed at tonight and you dream. Right. You, you dream that you were a little girl, you were playing with your dad, that's in the past. Right. You dream that you're in your bed dreaming that you're dreaming and you're having one of those dreams of you dreaming that you're dreaming that you're dreaming that you're dreaming, right? That's the present, right? You, you dream that you're now 40 years old and you're married and you have three little kids and... Right? So, yeah. So, period one, period two, period three. Period three. Period three. 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 With my... I'm just, I just said period two. Period two. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, I would, have, I would have said... I would have said that this is period three. Right? But this is actually period one. How do you know? Because now we're in the throne room. Okay. So it's either period one or period three, because all the action between periods, all the action in period two, happens on the earth. One and three are the same, which is now even more one and three. <laughs> one, but one and three are not the same. One and three are not the same because one is prior to the rest. One is prior to the restoration. One is after the restoration. So I'm just visualizing it. So first it was like a chocolate bar. Now it's a circle. It, it's a circle, but there is a line. Yeah, there is yeah. a line in the circle. Yeah, there is. Right? There is a line in the circle. But right? when it says here, like, I will show you. That, okay, so I'm imagining, like, I'm, I'm St. John and I'm standing with yes. Jesus in heaven, okay? Yes. And it would tell me, okay, like, th this will, like, there will be a war after. You, you know, there will be a judgment. There will be a peace. There will be a, a martyr. Yes. So this yes. is when, th when this has happened. This is happening in period two between. Between Jesus' resurrection or between Jesus' resurrection till the second coming? Yes, exactly. So I always, when I read this, I assumed that this was period three because it's the throne room and the, and the, 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 the four, verse eight, the four living creatures, each having six wings full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty who is and who is to come. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. The last verse in the, in the chapter. So we're, we're, here we're, in, 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 we're, in, we're living in glory, 
and we're living in the light of God. And so I, I said, this must be period three. But go back and read verse one. Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Right? There's no after this in period three. Right? Because period three, like Tansu said, doesn't... What's the period after three? Nothing. That's why I said it's in two and three. Like when he said, he was in two and he said, come up here and I'll show you these things. And then yes. he went to three. Yes. So three. But so he says it like the, the right answer is one or two? Sorry. The right answer is one. How come? Because there's no after this. Because there's no after... No, the, he's telling him come up here because he's in two. Yes. Come up here to three. Come up here to three. Okay. Like I think, like isn't the after this like the this? Because how do you have the twenty? Like isn't the twenty-four priests, the twelve tribes, and the and the twelve disciples? The so how are those in period one? The twenty-four. He can't say come up here and then like go back to one. Like sorry. He can't say like come up here and then go back to one. Like it doesn't make sense. My but the and book of the book of Revelation is not in chronological order. It may be in the chronological order in which it was revealed to St. John. Like maybe chapter 4 was revealed to him and then chapter 5 and then chapter 6 and then chapter 7. Right? But it's not in chronological order. But, but it's not like the order for the event. Like maybe for example, like, I don't know, for example, like nation will come upon nation in different part. And maybe another, uh, I don't know what, uh, something happened differently in another part of the world, like in a different chronological order. But maybe because he says he says to him like okay so I'll explain to you what I mean okay so when he took him yes he he taught, he, he the, the the thing that Saint John like if we continue yes like the stuff that Saint John saw yes which in which period it happened so Saint John so saw Saint John okay let's be really so simple saw after Saint John saw some bad stuff okay. right when is the bad stuff gonna happen in period two huh Maybe some of it already happened. So the bad stuff is going to happen in two, or it may have happened in one. Yes. Bad stuff only but the bad, in yeah, but the bad stuff's not going to happen in three. Sure. So I'm, one, one Adam was not created yet. No, he was no one. One, no one is the one. The timestamp. The only thing that we have a, a, a date for is, is the end of period one and beginning of period two. Period one ends. With zero AD, the birth of Jesus, the incarnation. Why the incarnation? Because that's the 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 restoration, the beginning of the restoration of humanity. I, I, I'm calling them different periods, but you could say before the restoration of humanity, bef after the beginning of the restoration of humanity, to the completion of the restoration of humanity, which is two and three, and then three is the the re humanity is restored. Is another way of seeing it, but. Using all these fa f fancy terms. Three, there are no humans. They're all spirits, Father John. No, There's not no at all. Flesh, no, 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 no. And absolutely not. In the, in the in the creed, what do we say? We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the coming age. Amen. We believe that the dead will resurrect. In the flesh. In the flesh. In the flesh we believe that heaven is both a place and a state, as opposed to some other teachings which say that it's just a state. Paradise. He would, uh, like flesh, uh, sorry, he would fish be after he's resurrected. Exactly. A, a multitude of different things support this doctrine, but one of which, the main one, which is that Jesus ascended in the flesh. So where Jesus, Jesus is somewhere now, because uh, flesh can't be nowhere. 
It's got to be somewhere, right? It's got to be six feet under. It's got to be in a crypt. It's got to be in uh, Timbuktu or China or Toronto or Montreal. Or It's got to be somewhere, right? So where Jesus ascended in the flesh, where, where did his flesh go, right? So uh, there's a multitude of answers, but, you know, the one would... Where did it go? Heaven. What happened to what happened to the material flesh? He went to heaven, but heaven is a place and a state. What about paradise? So, what happens to the people who have passed away now, yeah. who are their their flesh is still six feet under or in a crypt or or whatever, right? Where are their souls? So, their souls are in a waiting place, waiting for what the second coming, right? And at the second coming is the resurrection of the flesh. And that's why for us as Orthodox, the flesh is really important. And it's important for us that we, we take great care in regards to material things. Right? Because why? Because we believe that God gave them to us to worship Him. So they're holy. Right? So that's why... There's a whole realm of orthodox theology called ecological theology where they talk about like, like what, is, what is the correct use, the correct place of, of nature in, in our orthodox understanding. You know, why did God create trees and rivers and so on? And what should our relationship to them be? Like what is our correct relationship with them? You know? What's an abusive relationship and what's, what's a synergistic relationship with them? What about horse transplants? Like if, if someone gives like, their horse or like, an organ to someone else? That's an excellent question, right? So in the, same way that we, in the same way that we distribute relics of saints, like St. George and, and like lots of tiny little bits and pieces all over the world, right? And it seems that God is pleased with our distributing of relics because he works miracles through them so god was displeased with us he wouldn't he wouldn't participate with us in it right so we believe that in the same way that god is able to recapitulate like uh the the relics of the saints and bring them back together he is able to do the same for us right Wait, i thought it's hang on i thought it's not like we come back in in the flesh but it's not this flesh no that's it's this it's this flesh. it's 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 this flesh glorified what just like Jesus well there is there is ma matter like the scientists can tell us matter doesn't disappear just it only gets transformed but I'm pretty sure there's like bits of me right now that were part of like a guy 2,000 years ago yeah because we're six billion humans now. So this is like a reincarnation of like Hinduism. And yeah, like. And this is man. Like, <laughs> I have, I have. <laughs> yeah. I have three questions, but they're very silly. You fire away. It kind of sounds like the person who was asking about like the woman of America, seven men or the Hagrid. Uh, the first one is if someone has like a scar or like his hand got cut off because any reason when he gets resurrected, will his hand be still cut off? Because when Jesus was resurrected, he still had injuries from the cross. What do you think? I don't know. But then Jesus, when he resurrected, he had his wounds. He told Thomas, put your hand here in the print of the nails. Put your hand here in my side. His wounds are part of his glory. 
love. Yeah. Yes, that's the answer. That's the answer, and that should be the answer. That should be the answer for everything in our lives. Whatever brings glory to God persists for eternity.